Welcome to Habibi Life. Here, we share practical advice to help you live an abundant life. Our goal is to help you fall in love with yourself by providing information and inspiration to help you reach your highest and your healthiest potential. This is episode 29, Optimize Your Wellness. Often when we hear the word wellness, we conjure images of some soft-focused space in various shades of beige. Logically, we understand that these images are designed to sell us on an idea of what wellness ought to be. But emotionally, we may feel disconnected from that imagery and any other illustrations of ease because they are so far away from our day-to-day reality. If you're one of the millions of people who are inundated with imagery of places and things that you may never experience, please show yourself some grace and step away from your devices. True wellness doesn't have a designated place or price point. True wellness is generated from inside of you and manifests in how you experience every moment in your life. So, instead of boring you with the -the run-of-the-mill wellness tips like drink more water, no, actually we are going to talk about that too, but much later and for a very specific purpose. More importantly, we will break down practical steps to help you achieve wellness in both the general and specific sense. Because the key to wellness is not wealth or access. The key to wellness is you. With that in mind, let's start with the most valuable currency you own, which is your time. Not your house, or your car, or your job. We traditionally address the concept of time as currency, even if we don't always make the connection logically. When it comes to time, you can spend it, waste it, make it, and lose it. So first, honor your time. You know how much time it takes to do a thing. In your day-to-day activities, it's fair to assume that you know what thing requires what amount of time. So honor these requirements instead of making excuses for misusing your time. If you honor your own time, you'll be more likely to honor the time of others. Understanding that connection can help you avoid chronic lateness, excuses, and the stress of trying to shove a lot of activity into a small window of time for something like making a deadline. If you're one of those people who claim to thrive in high-stress environments and look forward to the compression that comes with cramming every action in at the last possible second, consider the overall quality of your life and the potential for utter and complete disaster. Often, situations that include last-minute actions rely on an idea that everything must go according to plan. That means if one thing doesn't perfectly align with everything else, disaster is likely on the horizon. Typically, people who enjoy the rush of doing everything at the last minute have never experienced such disaster. The truth is that it takes one time to get you sorted in this department. And the hope is that one time isn't some instance that will cost you long after the disaster has passed. Now, we're not saying there aren't times when a last-minute rush isn't warranted. Sometimes life gets in the way, and the time you have is, well, the time you have. Executing last-minute only becomes detrimental if it becomes a habit. 
If you spend most of your time in a state of last minute stress, the reality is it's only a matter of time before all of that stress catches up with you. Do yourself a favor and see the time for what it is, a valuable currency that is yours to budget, spend, and save in a way that optimizes your overall health and well-being. Next, honor your body. Part of honoring your body includes honoring your time. So you're already on your way in this department. But it's also important to honor your body by being honest about what it's asking for. This goes beyond your body's primary needs like hunger and sleep. For example, instead of just understanding that your body is hungry, dive deeper to find out what it's asking for. Can you tell the difference between actual hunger and emotional craving? Is your body asking for nourishment or are you seeking a dopamine hit to serve as emotional distraction? Knowing the difference can go a long way to actually listening to your body or potentially harming it over the short and the long term. And if you're not sure what any of this means, head over to episode five and learn about intuitive practices for the emotional eater. The same goes for a primary function like sleep. Is your body actually sleepy or is it tired and in need of rest that doesn't include sleep? In this age of constant stimulus, we sometimes confuse the act of decompression with an action that includes even more stimulus. It may not be enough to binge watch a show or a movie. It may not be enough to trade your typical day job obligations for hours of mindlessly scrolling on social media. Fatigue can mean more than just the need to sleep. It can mean actually unplugging from the constant noise of our collective environment in every possible way. Honoring your body can also mean understanding when it needs to move. If you're a person who works out on a regular schedule, then you already understand the benefits of movement. If you're not, then this segment is for you. Moving your body doesn't have to include a trip to the gym or a routine that involves complicated exercises and engagements. It can be a simple walk around your neighborhood or maybe even around your house. In my world, it's tradition to walk or move in some way after a meal. Even when I go out with friends or family, we end the meal with a walk through the area before returning to our cars for the drive home. Moving after a meal can help you with digestion, which can mean major improvements in your overall quality of life. Moving your body after your evening meal can mean the opportunity for better sleep throughout the night. If you give your food time to digest, there's less of a chance that it will need to work while you're trying to sleep to process the food that you ate. And better sleep means a better chance of waking up refreshed instead of groggy. And when you wake up, get up. Laying in bed for a long period of time after you've woken up can actually work against you in the energy department. They say that the worst thing you can do is wake up and immediately get on your phone. There's actual science to back this up. According to a report in Scientific American, checking your phone as your first action after waking up 
can disrupt the brain's natural process of preparing you to take on the day. You can unintentionally trigger anxiety and stress or lose time by scrolling through digital items that can honestly wait until much later, or maybe never. Optimizing your wellness means prioritizing you and your needs. And that means forcing the digital world to wait until you've taken care of yourself first. Part of taking care of you includes loving you. And there may be no simpler way to do that than to smile at yourself. Sounds easy enough, right? You'd think it was no big deal, but every time I tell a colleague or a client to do this, I get a myriad of rather negative reactions. Some of them will instantly frown at me or look confused, and others have burst into tears. So maybe this act of smiling at oneself first before anything else is a lot more difficult than it sounds. The goal is just to smile. Just smile before you get close to the mirror and inspect a phantom wrinkle or blemish or perceived imperfection on your body. Smile at yourself. That's it. No words, no extra gestures or movements. Just a genuine smile that reflects the joy you feel for simply being in that moment. Starting your day with a smile can go a long way to establishing your overall attitude toward yourself. The more you treat yourself well, the more likely you are to treat well those who inhabit your environment. Our feelings of confidence and satisfaction come from inside of us, and they are reflected in our thoughts and our actions outside of us. So if we feel confident and connected to our core being, we are less likely to become untethered as we move through our respective environments. We are more likely to be reflective rather than reactionary, and we are more likely to create positive ripples with those we come in contact with and perhaps inspire them to move in kind. And as you move through your day, practice the things that you know will help continue your path to wellness. Take breaks, set boundaries, and stay hydrated. Here comes the part when we talk about water. We all know it's a good idea to get it into our bodies, right? We're aware that all water is not created equal because often things have been added or subtracted from it in the name of capitalism. But we don't all practice intention with water. That is, instead of indiscriminately putting it in your body because of a general benefit, drink it with intention. For example, a tepid or warm cup of water in the morning can help stimulate digestion. There are plenty of people who will tell you to add a lemon or some vinegar, or in my case, some spirulina for energy. But the reality is, just the cup of water will get the job done in most cases. And yes, the water has to at least be tepid. If your body has to go through the extra step of adjusting cold water first thing in the morning, it's likely not going to consider a morning elimination until well after the morning is done. So have your water in the morning, with every meal, in between those meals, and before bed. Before you know it, you'll be well on your way to staying hydrated and truly optimizing your wellness. So now you know to honor your time, honor your body, 
and stay hydrated. Let's move on to the most basic practice in living, which is breathing. Breathing is both a conscious and an unconscious act. That is, you need to breathe to live. So your body facilitates your inhales and your exhales without you having to actually notice. This is unconscious breathing. Conscious breathing is a completely different thing. With conscious breathing, you can measure the length, the intensity, and even the texture of your breath. There are specific practices to facilitate conscious breathing, from deep, measured breath focus in meditation, to rapid breath to force blood oxygenation and build energy, to textured breathing along the back of your throat. You can choose any given practice for a specific result. What you should know about any conscious breathing practice is that it has the ability to help you better navigate your life, especially when things get stressful or seemingly too much to bear. Deep, measured breathing can help you pause in a stressful environment and take stock of what is important enough for you to address. Instead of simply reacting to everything, you can use deep breathing to identify the differences between an actual problem and a whole lot of drama. In contrast, concentrated rapid breathing over short bursts of time with greater focus on your exhales can help you oxygenate your blood and give you a rush of energy. This works when you're cold and you need to raise your body temperature. It also works if you're feeling hazy and need to sharpen your focus on any given task. Textured breathing, in and out through your nose and scraping your breath along the back of your throat, can also help with focus and concentration. To practice measured breathing, inhale as long and as deeply as you can. Hold your breath for several seconds at the top without closing the back of your throat and then exhale with the same length and depth as your inhale. You might find that one is longer or shorter than the other. This is normal. The more you practice, the more you can encourage your inhales and your exhales to be more equal in length and depth. To practice rapid or fire breathing, inhale and then rapidly push the air out through your nose in an exhale. Focus more on the exhales and bring in just enough oxygen to push it right back out of your body. With practice, you can lift your belly and tuck the flesh under your ribs on the exhale. And as you practice, you may notice your body heating up and you may become a little euphoric. So take it slow and take breaks in between as you need. Ideally, if you can practice this breath for several minutes, you're doing just fine. For textured breathing, you may want to close your eyes to concentrate. Instead of simply breathing deeply in and out of your nose, lightly constrict your throat to scrape the breath along the back of it. Like the deep breathing technique, keep both your inhales and your exhales slow and steady. Like drinking water, it's a good idea to also schedule your breathing practice. Notice that I said practice. You can breathe in this way whenever you need it, but to truly cultivate quality, you may need to practice.
set aside a few minutes in the morning or the evening to practice so that when you need it in any given situation, you can simply tap into the technique and execute accordingly. Your daily wellness practice doesn't have to follow any real set of rules. It just has to work for you. And the more you're honest about what does and does not work for your overall health and well-being, the more likely you are to implement effective practices in your daily routines. If we might offer a bit of guidance on the matter, it is a good idea to implement these practices in a scheduled and regimented way. This will help you with consistency. So decide what you want to do and when it's most practical to do it. Then schedule each action accordingly. Just like when you set your alarm to wake up, set your wellness tasks in such a way that they make sense and work to make your life that much more enjoyable. We hope you found this information helpful. This episode begins season three of the Habibi Life podcast. If you're new here, welcome to the space. If you've been with us since season one, thank you so much for continuing to tune in. We began this podcast with the intention of demystifying the wellness industry. Many people find themselves overwhelmed with imagery and esoteric suggestions that ultimately end up costing too much time, energy, and money. Our goal is to help clarify that true wellness does not come with a price tag. The information is free and it's our intention to provide that information in a way that is practical and easy to incorporate. If you'd like to learn more practical ways to improve your nutrition, movement, and self-care practices, please check out the latest issue of Habibi Life Magazine. You can find it on HabibiBody.com, HabibiBodySport.com, and HabibiLife.org. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us when we return for the next episode.